Puck comes to the right side, half wall. so there, opens up, he shoots, score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ducks back in. Petrano put it on goal. Save Thompson. He sprawls and gets the rebound too. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, live from T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet. Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the Now, is that a woo for Phil Kessel's 1,000th consecutive game that's going to come tonight? Or is that a woo because the Vegas Golden Knights welcome in an Arizona team that is right there for the taking and an opportunity to put themselves back on the winning track? I want to know. Well, it's a combination of both. That's the lamest answer ever. Give me one or the other. It's, it's Take absolute, a stance. Listen, I don't care about the Coyotes. It's absolutely 1 million percent for Phil Kessel. Well, how's a little bit of both then? Well, because I try to be, you know, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, Somebody mentioned to me that I they thought I was a little hard on you yesterday. And I went, eh. I'll take a look at it. Now I don't think I went hard enough on you. Wait, Listen, hold on, I, I, I don't. I, I like to. I don't want to offend anybody. So that's I, what this show's all about. That's true. I well, offend you all the time. So. That's yes. fair. But I, I like offending you. It's it's the, the 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 good people of the state of Arizona, and and maybe you know I don't want to offend them. But it's absolutely about Phil Castle. Come on, one thousand games. How cool is that? One thousand straight in a games. row. Yes. yes. So he's he's had the Ironman record for a few weeks now. Yep. He's been pretty good. Three goals, two assists in ten games as the NHL's official Ironman holder. Mm-hmm. This team's been really good on milestone nights Sure, yeah. so far. Going back to Phil setting the record. Think about the 700th games for Alec Martinez and Riley Smith and what they pulled out in Toronto. And... If you want to call it a milestone or just a big night, Jack Eichel returning to Buffalo. This has got the same type of field. There's going to be a ceremony before the game. Uh, they're going to acknowledge the 1,000 straight games. Uh, but make sure you're here early. And I want to tell you, the Latin Grammys mm-hmm. are on today. Yep. So that's slowing up traffic along Sinatra along the Strip. If you come in that way, you might want to think about an alternate uh, route or just leave a whole bunch earlier because yep. I don't want people to miss this. The hockey clubs are going to present some some gifts. There was a gift presented by the trainers, the equipment staff today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, yep. a suit uh, for Phil Kessel, <laughs> and and he wore it. And I wish, I wish I had access to it because I would wear that suit tonight. It is vintage Vegas. <laughs> I well, listen, I I think that you know there's there's always a chance for you, Darren, at some point in time to get a suit as cool as that, but. Um, Listen, for Phil Kessel, I think that this is going to be one of those marquee moments where the gravity of the situation, the gravity of what he's been able to do sinks in maybe just a little bit more. Um, but but once 1,000's done, right, then the, the, the hoopla, the milestones, yeah. all of the things are kind of past him beyond beyond having to be you know brought up and talked about. And, and for Phil... I think the limelight shines off him a little bit after tonight's game, and and that is a good thing for a player that 
is is doing amazing things but doesn't necessarily want all the attention on him. This weekend in Edmonton, Vancouver, next week Ottawa rolls in. Uh, those are hockey mad people yeah, uh, and hockey mad media. If you're not totally on top of your game as far as where this streak's at, you won't know a lot about it. You won't hear a lot about it because there's no more big moments in the milestone once you get to something like 1,000. It was the same when uh, the, the streak reached 900 back in the day. Yeah. Uh, th- this, is, uh, this is the next step. And then it just becomes adding on to it for as many games as Phil wants to add on to this thing. And I don't know whether he wants to go one more game <laughs> or whether he wants to go 200 more games. Yeah. I, trying to get that out of I don't know whether Phil's even thought of that. Uh, probably hasn't uh, yeah. when you when you come down to, to really focus on it. But after this, Phil becomes a regular hockey player again. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be so important for not just uh, Phil Kessel, but I think for the Golden Knights because, you know, we, we saw kind of the, the increased production for Phil after – he had set the Ironman streak, and, and you started to see more and more the type of player Phil Kessel can be, how he can impact the game. We and called think, that. Yeah, you abs- you're absolutely we right. We called that. And, and I think that it's going to be something similar. I think that after tonight, now that the ceremonies are over with, now that Phil has officially checked that box 1,000 consecutive games, I think you're right. He just gets to be one of the guys. He just gets to be Phil Kessel, the guy that goes out, plays hockey, and loves doing it. And I think that that's going to help him really continue to build within this team. Do you think tonight is as big as the evening in San Jose? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, to a degree, maybe because you're doing it here at home, there's going to be more fanfare than there was in San Jose, though a lot of credit goes to the San Jose Sharks for, for the commemorative video and, and for acknowledging that moment. Um, a thousand games is just super cool. Like It's a round number. It's awesome to see it. But um, the actual act of getting to the milestone uh, was to me different that night than it is tonight. So, um, you know, if, if Phil Kessel wasn't able to get here, he's still the Iron Man, right? And you had to get to that point in San Jose. So I feel like San Jose meant a little bit more than tonight does. And I'm on the opposite. Really? San Jose was a big night for his teammates. Mm-hmm. They loved being part of that evening sure. and the history. You saw the video and the speech by. Mark Stone presenting the game puck to Phil Kessel and then the, the team picture after. It was a huge moment for bringing that group together. And I, I think some of that had an effect on why they were so great on the road afterwards. But tonight, 1,000, a number that everybody can relate to. Sure. You, my 12-year-old, my 77-year-old father, we all, like 1,000, mm-hmm. it rings true. 1K. There you go. And and that is why it means a little bit more in my mind to really be able to relate to. 990 is another number. 1000 is I know what a thousand bucks are. I know <laughs> I know what a thousand miles are. You know, uh, well, I, I, I mean, like contextualizing it in hockey terms, right? Like players dream of getting to the milestone of just playing a thousand NHL games. Mm-hmm. However, they've got to get there. However long it takes them within their career, that is a benchmark you uh, you aspire to if you're a player in this league. 
the fact that Phil was able to play a thousand in a row is ridiculous. I just to me, like I can't really wrap my head around. It. I couldn't wrap my head around nine ninety. I cannot wrap my head around the idea of one thousand consecutive NHL games. Everything that has to go right. How smart you've got to be in in, in, in how you you know approach how you play the game. Uh, it, it's it's astonishing to me that we're here and that. I'm in the building for it. Like, that's cool. And there's been so many of those moments surrounding this Golden Knights team from their existence. Obviously, a couple seasons ago with Patrick Marlowe, like, this has been really cool to see. But tonight does belong to Phil in a way. I still think actually breaking the record means a little bit more than 1,000. It's a nice round number. I I get what you're saying about relating to it. Um, But I'm just glad I'm here. Well, this may swing you over to my side. Okay. Just listen to Phil Kessel talk about whether or not 1,000 seems a little bit bigger. Yeah, 1,000 in a row, I think uh, it's a lot of games, right? Uh, um, obviously, you got to get a little lucky to get that, but uh, it's pretty cool. He was as loose, though, as I've heard him in a long time today. Yeah. He had some fun. It's a shorter answer. Yeah. But in Phil-ness... <laughs> In Phil's <laughs> world, that's a great clip. Yeah, that that's a, a guy that's obviously taking the time to think about it. Here's Phil reflecting on a grand. Yeah, I mean today, like I started thinking about a thousand. You know, a thousand in general is a lot, and you know, a thousand in a row. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I was thinking, I don't know how I did it, but uh, somehow I did. You know, like he's chuckling to himself. Phil's the best. It's it start. It's yeah sunk yeah. in for him yeah for sure and and i i think that you know you get to that point where because you've been in the lineup it, it, every game is just another game until you start closing in on these things and you know for a streak like this you know you're 200 300 400 games into it you're not necessarily thinking about what it's going to be at 800 or 900 in a row you're not thinking about that because it's so far off and then all of a sudden you're here and now you've got 1000 on your horizon it's 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 you're you're there you're you're on your way to, to the building for it. Uh, I think I think it, it, it sets in pretty quick, and, and you're right. Those answers from Phil are quintessential Phil, but it, it gives you an idea that, that even for him, it's sinking in a little bit more. It's better than regular Phil. I, I, I love Phil. I think and and he's, awesome. really, he's yeah. really happy to have this done because he's going to have to talk to us for <laughs> two months. <laughs> when's, when's the next media availability with Phil Kessel after tonight? What do you think? Like after a hat trick? Something okay. like yeah. that, a, a big, big point big night, yeah. big, big point game. night, something like uh, like that. Uh, we, he doesn't have to necessarily want to talk about playing any of his former teams. There's nothing big like that mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. It would it would have to be after a significant production night uh, where you want to talk to him the next uh, next game going into uh, the next performance. Yeah, that, I, that's about it. And, and I think for Phil. That's the best case scenario, right? Because, again, you now get to just be Phil Kessel, a hockey player on a very good Golden Knights team looking to win hockey games. Do you think he would have uh, kept the streak alive if he'd known he'd had to do all this media and face us all the time leading up to it? Yeah, I I do. (laughs) I mean, he, he, he... Phil was creative, and so were the Arizona Coyotes in helping keep this streak alive. So it clearly means something to him in that regard. And you know that Phil, being around the game for as many games and as many years as he's been around the game, when you break a record, especially a record a lot of people didn't foresee 
you breaking or being broken in general, there's going to be fanfare surrounding Well, it. he was on the road when uh, his partner and uh, was expecting their first child, uh, their daughter, and he played one shift <laughs> in Detroit yep. for the Arizona Coyotes, jumped on a plane, flew home, was there for the birth, and then the next day went and rejoined the team for a game in Toronto, and yeah. that kept the streak alive. Here's Phil talking about that. To be honest, like... She was. We we're gonna get induced that night, like after the game, and all of a sudden, like I'm in a train, her water broke. So I'm like, oh jeez. So uh, it just worked out that uh, you know, uh, I guess they they let me play, you know, shift, and said just get out of here, right? Uh, they were nice enough to let me do that, and you know, uh, I guess kept it alive. One of the great stories about that night mm -hmm. is Phil played that first shift, went out. And almost scored. <laughs> and he was skating by the Detroit bench. And Dylan Larkin told me, he's skating by, he's playing one shift. We all know he's playing one shift, and he's gone. And he's skating by smiling. Going, Can you believe I almost scored on my first shift? Like, just, just chuckling to himself. Like, what a game this yeah. was. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and you know, I... There were a lot of takes about that particular moment. And, you know, to me, I think it's, it's great on the organization, great on the Arizona Coyotes for, uh, for understanding that, that, again, there are bigger things outside of hockey, but that's not necessarily a, a streak ender or shouldn't be a streak ender. You go out there, you play a shift. I think, I think it, was, it was a great moment. And it was a sacrifice for Phil to stay for that yeah, 100, one shift. Yeah, 100%. And, that, and that's, you know, that's, again, one of those things where we, we kind of lose sight at times about these players being human and having lives outside of hockey. But the fact that he was able to, to serve both in that moment was really cool. And it, it's leading to this monumental night for Phil Kessel. I'm glad he did that. Yeah. Because it shows me that the streak matter to him yeah. and matters to him today getting to 1,000. Without a scenario like that, he could genuinely tell me, I don't think about it. it I'm, I'm happy it happened, yeah. but uh, uh, it was never on my mind. I was never focused on it. But you don't go through all of that no, without it mattering to you a little bit. may not mean as much to Phil as it would to me or Jay Knighty, sure. but it mattered enough that he would go through that process of playing a game, one shift, going home, and then everybody forgets he had to immediately fly back mm -hmm. to rejoin the team in Toronto uh, to, to get in, involved in, and keep that streak alive and, and stayed and finished that road trip. Yeah, and, and again, that's, you know, that's Phil. Phil wanting to play hockey games. Phil wanting to, to be out there with his teammates, and I think that's kind of the, the refrain that continues to follow around this storyline with Phil Kessel this season is just how much he wants to be out on the ice, how much he wants to compete, how much he wants to be around uh, the guys in the room, and and it's 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 infectious, it's contagious. You you get that sense based on the interactions of Phil with his teammates. So the competitiveness of Phil mm -hmm. is um, understated. <laughs> People don't drive to that, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Phil, and we had the great good fortune of being able to catch up with his sister Amanda yesterday, who is playing tonight mm -hmm. for Team USA in the rivalry series against uh, Team Canada, game two of that set. They'll play at the Dollar Loan Center on December 15th, yep. uh, the game four of the five-game set uh, 
AXS is where you get tickets because it's going to be an awesome night. Uh, so we talked to Amanda yesterday about some of the great things that uh, that Phil does. Uh, she loves his shot more than his passing ability. Uh, we got into uh, his personality and uh, dealing with uh, all of us. And then we got into maybe the, the crux of Phil's competitiveness, mm-hmm. and that yeah. is the ping pong table <laughs> and the stories are legendary inside team rooms okay whether it's at the olympics with team usa or on his various uh, nhl clubs but there's also the aspect at home and we have all had family where against your brothers or sisters or mom dad those games can get a little bit heightened sure amanda said that they had some epic ping pong battles, mm-hmm. and he would end up chasing around the house a little bit after <laughs> the ba- on, on loss. Well, today, Phil got to reply to the Amanda statement regarding the intensity of ping pong. Oh, yeah, me and Amanda, like our family always battle, right? We're always competitive. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, what's, you know, propelled me, you know, when I was throughout my career, you know, growing up in a competitive family, a competitive environment, uh, you know, you always wanted to win. What's your career record against her? I'm better than she thinks. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, track. His brother Blake is going to be here tonight. Yeah. Uh, he and Blake have had some some great battles in the ping pong, and and it was Ashley Vice who jumped in at the end and said, "What about Blake? Uh, what that?" And he's like, "No way. Like I'm better than Blake. Like just just laying it down as far as uh, ping pong battles go." So I, it's it's fun to hear that uh, that aspect of it. And Amanda talking about them on the golf course. Yeah, the odd time Phil mm-hmm. would just snap a club. Yep. across his uh, knee after yep. a couple of bad shots. That. <laughs> That's great because we don't get to see that side of him. And and what was great about it was just how matter of fact Amanda was yeah, in, just, in saying, yeah, yeah there's there's been a time or two where Phil's just uh, gotten upset about a shot and uh, broke a club. And it's just like that's what you do. But we all have been there. We've all been there. And maybe it's not you golf. You ever snap maybe. a club? I, I don't play golf. Do you ever throw a, a piece of equipment? Oh, tennis I've, racket I've, or? I've, yeah, I've, I've thrown things. Like I've broken hockey sticks before. Not like on, not, not on a shot, but. Like because I've net. been mad, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Like it's happened. <sighs> Got to control that temper, Sonny. Eh. Got to control. That. Um, doesn't happen that much anymore. We're very fortunate to be here at Game One Thousand. Yeah. I don't know whether you've heard the story, but the streak almost ended the other day. What? I'm tongue in cheek here, but the huh. streak almost ended the other day. So Phil is on that line with Brett Howden yeah. and Paul Connor. Okay. They're on the bench the other night. Puck gets shot into the Vegas bench and towards near Paul Cotter. He's sitting beside Phil. And Phil jumps in behind Paul to save himself, <laughs> which is what I would do. Yeah. Like Lawless is there. I'm, sure. I'm jumping in behind Lawless cool. or Dave Gosher. I'm pushing in front of me. Of course for, you are. Absolutely. So Phil jumps behind Paul Cotter. Okay. On the bench. The problem is it was close enough to Paul, obviously, that he's taking evasive action. Mm-hmm. So what happens is Phil leans behind Paul. Paul leans way back to get out of the way of the, the puck. What does that do? It pushes Phil back uh-huh. against the back of the bench and into the sticks. <laughs> and Phil's like, what are you doing? Like, what, oh. they, they had a, a fun back and forth. Yeah. Uh, caught up with Paul about this uh, this morning in more detail. And and 
<laughs> he said, Phil's giving it to him. And Paul's like, well, I'm just trying to protect myself. No, no. And, and here's, here's how great of a moment it was. Yeah. And I know the game didn't turn out the way everybody wanted. But I was told there might even have been a smile from the head coach. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> who, who watched this whole thing go down and the subsequent fallout of yeah. the back and forth about Phil being squished against the wall and mm-hmm. against all the sticks mm-hmm. and Paul trying to defend why he did that and accidentally catching <laughs> Phil in. I'm like, could you imagine, Paul, if, if, if that would have ended the streak somehow? He, he tweaks a shoulder or something. He's like, yeah. I don't want to think. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I had a good birthday. Uh, yesterday, it's, it's all good. Yeah. I, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, no one would chirp him about the fedora anymore. That's for sure. No, <laughs> not, not a chance. Uh, but but there was a there was another great moment, and these two are at polar opposite ends of their careers, right? Yeah, you yeah, got a guy yeah. playing his thousandth straight game, mm-hmm. but already reaching a thousand games. Won two Stanley Cups, a couple Olympic games. Uh, he is it. Then you've got Paul Cotter, who's played fourteen career games. Yet they both bring people together. Sure, yeah. In in very different ways. Yeah. Phil is one of the most beloved teammates I've seen in the National Hockey League as an individual. Yeah, yeah. Where everybody loves Phil. Yeah. Paul, for being a rookie, fits the same mold where guys give him grief. Mm-hmm. They beak at him. He gives it back. But somehow, some way, Paul's got this personality where he can get away with it even though he's played 14 games. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players, and I can go back to my days in Winnipeg through Toronto where you've got rookies in the fold where they speak out like that. Mm-hmm. It goes really against the grain with veterans. And they don't like it at all. This group... They enjoy when Paul chirps. Yeah. They, they, they get a rise out of it. So this morning, Phil's doing his thing. And out of the other side of the room comes Paul, a big voice. Ah, Phil, like a booming voice uh, yelling across the room. I'm like, what the heck? It's, it's Paul Cotter. He's come off the ice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how about that? We're interviewing this guy playing a 1,000 straight games, and this rookie over here is chirping him from 30 feet away. Mm-hmm. So we asked we asked. Phil about it. Sure. He's like, that, that Paul Cotter, he's confident, isn't he? <laughs> and they, 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 it was a great exchange and a great summarization of what these two guys, yeah. different stages, mean to this team and mean to each other now playing on the same line. Yeah, and I think that, you know, kind of one of the points that you hit on is that not every room is going to be accepting of that when it comes to a Paul mm-hmm. Cotter, and it gives you an idea of the dynamic within the Golden Knights room, that, that it is it is an inclusive spot for everyone, whether you're playing in your 1,000th consecutive game or whether or not you're still trying to break in as an everyday NHL player. Uh, there's there's a level of, of wanting to bring everyone along and wanting to make everyone feel like they're part of this, and, and I, I think that that really speaks volumes to the character in the room. I think it's to both sides. The room... For sure. Yeah. You're right on the money with yeah. that for being I- inclusive. A lot like the Boston Bruins were per- Patrice Bergeron and Zidane Chara back in the day. Yeah. Like, there was no more rookie treatment. Uh, everybody did the same thing. You yeah. did your rookie dinner, but there's everybody's at the same level. But it also goes to Paul Cotter's personality. Mm-hmm. He's just a likable guy. Yeah. And not, it's hard to be that likable guy. People can enjoy your company. Mm hmm. 
But across the fold with 20 personalities, it's hard to be embraced by everybody. Yeah. And those two do it. Yeah, there's something about both guys individually, like the, the way that they go about their business. With Paul Cotter, I think it, it's kind of on a bedrock of, of hard work. Like he had to come in and, and earn his spot. And I think when you do that, there's a lot of respect that, that you're that – you're, I don't want to say given, but earning in that moment. And with, with Phil, again, you're talking about a 1,000 consecutive games. Like it doesn't get more battle-tested than that. And, you know, that that type of respect that you earn in that situation uh, kind of precedes you, and, and then you, you kind of top it off. Phil's just a cool guy. I, I don't know whether Phil ever wants to be known as a mentor. He, I don't know whether he mm. wants to fall into that sure. category. He's probably – never goes out of his way to do that because he's just living his life. But he's become a mentor to, to Paul Cotter. Like, Cotter's hard on himself during games. Yeah. He gets frustrated. He's at that stage where he's trying to break in and become an every-night NHLer. And he knows if he misses an assignment or he misses an opportunity to put the puck in the net, that that is a missed opportunity. And he'll come back at the bench and he'll be hard on himself. And it's Phil that talks him down. Yeah. In Phil's unique style. <laughs> yeah. they, they, we're we're going to have a conversation on the uh, on the TV side tonight uh, about how Phil approaches this and and how Cotter has embraced that. And it's it's obviously different when you've got a future Hall of Famer mm-hmm. doing this uh, and t- and talking to you. But it Phil's not putting a gentle arm on him, saying it'll be okay, Sonny. We'll we'll be fine. It's more like, what is he like? Fifty? What? What are you doing? Well, com- compared to Paul, well, yeah, but he's compared not. to Paul, he, he's, he is. He does but not. He, the, the the word "sunny" is not in. He's Bill not putting Kessel's. an arm around him, going, "Don't worry, we'll get it next year." <laughs> yeah. It's more like, relax. Yeah, it's okay. Well, we'll he, be fine. He's but, seen everything in the game. No, but that's more Petrangelo's way. Mm-hmm. Is don't worry, we're, we'll be fine. We'll go out there. We'll next year. Mm-hmm. Phil is relax. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. And I love that dynamic. So uh, the, we got kind of got into a, a muddied uh, topic about Phil there, including Paul Cotter. But it, it also speaks to how much uh, he has uh, really grown into this group uh, as, as a teammate with 20 other guys, 22 other uh, skaters, uh, players, uh, and also his line mate and, and what he's doing with that. And I hope that Phil and Paul together, like, there's a duo, pick your centerman, but there's a T-shirt there somewhere with those oh. two guys. Oh, absolutely. Going. Absolutely. And and the more chemistry they build, the more that line finds its identity together as a trio, whether or not it's just Paul and and Phil. I, I don't know what the what the T-shirt's going to be, but I think you're right on the money. They're, they're dynamic in, in, in how fun they are. On and off the ice, so let's let's do it. So, which T-shirt would you wear of Phil's? Nine ninety or one K? I listen. I think nine ninety that night was was monumental. No, I want to know what shirt you're picking out. If I give you round number, two piles, buddy. right? Yeah, right, round exactly. number. It's a thousand. Yeah. I'm with you. That's why tonight's going to be really cool. Uh, a couple of gifts uh, with a presentation uh, ceremony right before face-off. Uh, family is uh, is here as well as uh, his uh, daughter's going to be uh, on hand uh, as well. So that's going to be cool to, to see Phil in that environment and also on the uh, stage of playing his 1,000th game. An important 
game against his former team, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll continue live from T-Mobile Arena. Big night. The Golden Age enters a new era with the Phil Kessel 1,000th consecutive game. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. All right, he's here after a one-week absence so we could work on this. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and Newfoundland. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. I had not heard that until right now. Do you approve, John Shannon? Wow. You guys have production values. Well, I, I don't get treated like that at home. Well, I, I know that. <laughs> I've known you for, for long enough. Uh, we got Phil going thousandth consecutive game tonight. Everybody has a Phil story. Uh, what's your first thought when you think of Phil going a thousand consecutive? Well, I, I think that uh, two things. One's kind of funny, and one's kind of poignant. So the the funny one is I've never seen anybody use or abuse a warm up better than Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, think about it. So anybody going to the game at T-Mobile tonight, just watch Phil. He'll come out of the uh, come out of the dressing room. He'll skate on the ice. He'll take two shots. He'll stand at the board. He'll talk to the trainer. He might skate across the blue line once, and then he'll go to the room. Okay, so that's that's the that's the typical Phil Kessel warm up. And, and by the way. I truly believe that Phil was told, Phil, you don't have to go out for a warm-up. He wouldn't. I don't think he needs it. That would be the a story. Is, that would be a story, though, wouldn't it be, John, like during this whole oh, streak if Phil didn't come out for a warm-up? God bless him if he did. What a great story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other one is the, is the poignant one is that when he got drafted by the Bruins, and let's face it, he dropped in the draft rating because Phil really didn't care about the interviews that he did with teams. And teams are sitting across and saying, okay, Phil, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Uh, and Phil would look at them and say, are you serious? Don't ask me these stupid questions. I, I just want to play hockey. Uh, and that's what Phil wanted to do was just play hockey. So he, he dropped in the draft ratings. The Bruins got him. And then here he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And here's a guy that has survived cancer, and this is Hockey Fights Cancer Month, that Phil Kessel is reaching a milestone that no player in the history of the game has ever reached in 1,000. It is a phenomenal story. So to me, the poignant part of Phil Kessel, the fights that he's had to fight, and now he's going to put himself into the record books that no one, Wayne Gretzky, can't do a thousand consecutive games. The guy who has 68 records in the record book, he can't beat Phil Kessel, and I think that's magnificent. I don't want to make it sound like Phil would have gone number one had he interviewed better, but the top five that year were Eric Johnson going to the Blues, then Jordan Stahl, who's had a great career, Jonathan Taves, we know about that, and Nicholas Backstrom. Where do you think Phil would have gone if he would have interviewed just middle of the road? 
Well, you see, I'm old, so I remember all this stuff, Darren. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to go three. Okay. He was supposed to come out of university. That's how we say it in Canada, university. You guys say college. So he was going to come out of college. And he was going to come out of college at number three. There were times in that final year that he played college hockey that he was number one in the rank. But by the time the draft and the central scouting ratings came out, he was number three. So when number three showed up and he wasn't picked, people started to panic. Number four, people started to panic even more. And then when he got to the Bruins, it was, how can the Bruins luck out again and get such a great sniper? And by the way, just as a total aside, I think Phil Kessel is one of the top five passing forwards in the history of the game. I think he has been able to pass the puck. Forget about the shot. We know he doesn't back check much, but he's one of the great pure passers in the game of hockey since the NHL was formed in 1970. You know, John, I, that brings up a really interesting question, and we, we asked uh, Phil's sister Amanda this yesterday, but uh, you bring up his... He's a better passer pa- than Amanda. <laughs> you bring up his passing ability. Um, what what aspect of his game is the most impressive to you? Because the shot is there. He, he's, a, he's got a great shot, uh, but you bring up passing. Do you think he's a better passer than he is a shooter? Well, I, I, you know, the, the, the fascination is you can pass the puck more than towards the 6 by 4 So you can use your pass more effectively around the ice surface. And, and Darren will tell you this, because uh, I think he and I have been on the air a few times to analyze the way Kessel shoots the puck and how he disguises where the puck goes off of his stick on a shot. But I, 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 I wouldn't say that it's, his passing is better but I think his passing is tremendously underrated. And I, I do think that part of his success as a player for this duration is because he's such a great passer. His shot is very deceptive in the sense deceptive. of... Watch where the puck is. Watch where he puts the puck. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I know you find this hard to believe, but I never played in the National Hockey League. But I will tell you right now that his ability to move the puck around the blade from the back to the front to the top to the bottom is one of the great techniques that he has. And whether it's natural, whether it's instinctive, or whether he's planned it all his life, it has made him a very effective shooter. I wasn't going to get uh, into the weeds like that. Uh, My description of how great of a shot and deceptive it is, is he'll score goals where you'll look at the goalie and go, how did that go in? And, but because the goalie's been completely flummoxed by that release. Well, I, I don't know this question, but, you know, I, I do know the host of, uh, of Vegas Hockey on uh, AT&T Sportsnet. So I hope, <laughs> Heard that's well, maybe idea. Lawless will find out because he's the, he's the insider. Um, I'd like to know what Flex Kessel's stick is. Because, well, I, I, I think and, it's and, 80s, mid-80s. Well, you see that. You see that. That's kind of impressive. Because let me just and for anybody out there who doesn't know anything about flex, it's like a golf club. The, the smaller the number, the whippier the stick is. For instance, Johnny Goudreau uses a sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. So his his basically is a, a stick that's used by midget hockey players. Shea Weber, who last I checked, Shea Weber is a member of the Golden Knights, isn't he? 
Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, okay. So Shea Weber, member of the Golden Knights, he uses a one twenty two. <laughs> so it's like hitting it's like trying to shoot with a two by four. So that's a that's a really stiff shaft. Goudreau's like trying to shoot a whip. If yeah. you're an eighty, that's kind of a mid range, that's kind of a regular to stiff shaft golf club. So that that to me tells you that this guy has massive control over what he does with the puck and the stick. I'll let you know exactly what flex it is. Nighty, uh, I know, has had this conversation with. Can Phil, we have uh, this, this on? Fall. Will this be on Lawless in order in the second intermission? I'll t- I'll get it on there. If you want to get it on there, I'll just interrupt. I know. I know. I'm just a viewer <laughs> at Lawless in order. Okay. I, I'm sitting I know you, at home. I, I know. Craving for my Lawless in order input. You know. I know you're sitting at home because you wouldn't stop texting me the other night. <laughs> <laughs> so let's well, you, let's get. You sounded lonely. Well, let's get into that because Darren wore uh, a hoodie under his suit. Um, hold on, hold on, yes, hold on. Yeah, hold go on. Ahead. You're 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 talking about yourself in the third person. No, that was Ryan. <laughs> that, oh, was that was Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Can you can you believe that, Ryan? Um. L- l- okay. Was that was that the worst? I was that I don't the worst. Think- I don't think it was too bad. The, the The issue that I have is that Darren thinks he's somehow part of the cool crowd by doing yes. it. Yes, like it's it's practical in a hockey rink when it's it's a it's a little chilly, and you were chilly on Tuesday. But I, I but I did it on purpose. I don't think it was the worst look Darren's had. That's a very low bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get what. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm trying to get am, Natty uh, to do it. Here, here's the deal. I, uh, you know, I have uh, lots of influence in Vegas. I know people. Yeah. I expect there will be a memo out tomorrow <laughs> from the president of the hockey club suggesting there'll be no more hoodies on the air. Don't even go there. <laughs> all right, because I know exactly where it came well, no. from, and so far I haven't heard from him. And I would, I would prefer to keep it that way. And we, we actually. He and I, act, George McPhee, uh, who listens to the program all the time uh, when he's, uh, oh, when he he's driving the games. <laughs> I mean, by the way, I thought that was very inconsiderate for two straight weeks that the Vegas Golden Knights went on the road, so I wasn't on my regular 725 spot, but that's okay. <laughs> I've talked to the schedule maker. It's not going to happen much anymore. George and I have talked today, and it didn't come up. So if, if he well, mentions it tomorrow, I'll know it came from you, and I'll consider that... Uh, violation of some kind there's no violation this interference is, this is a classic case of i'm going to check the hockey news i might be back in the top 100 of the most influential oh. people in hockey if it comes out hold on this this is <laughs> cyclical uh, fashion uh, do you remember the days at sportsnet where we did where we wore jeans and and no ties and satin couches yeah. Yeah. and we went through that whole era how did that how that work out well, neither one of us are there anymore, but the, tie, but the ties are back. The ties are back. I can tell you that. Well, and they those guys aren't even allowed to wear turtlenecks. Oh, William Carlson's wearing a turtleneck tonight. Uh, he picked one up in Montreal because we had a big fashion conversation yesterday with Nighty, and he said, I'm wearing my turtleneck, Nighty's wear the, wear the hoodie. Ryan, and, uh, yeah. he's only allowed, Ryan, he's only allowed to wear the, the hoodie on radio, okay? There's no... On television, I bought four it of them I, once a month. Once a month, it's 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 good. No, um, <laughs> no don't do it. Do it when you're doing Henderson games. Then don't do it on the big club. Okay, can't be doing. Do it when you're doing the Silver Knights. 
I was going to ask you a couple more questions about hockey too, but uh, now, now I'm afraid right. to go down that path. No, because we don't have time. I was too long in the first block talking about Paul Cotter and Phil Kessel and their bond, and <laughs> and now we've uh, we've uh, polluted well, this segment with hoodie talk. The last time I went long, I got fired. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, okay, was 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 that the pen flip? That wasn't pen flip night. You did you do that? No, no, but okay. nobody in Vegas knows about that. I just, I, I, you know, it's a long story. It's in the book. Oh, that's Amazon. right. Amazon.com. Go I know ahead and exactly. buy it. I, I need the money. My book hasn't arrived yet. It's coming. It's coming. It's being FedEx today. I, <laughs> I, I stirred the pot this morning. Did you? Yes. What? You think I wouldn't? What's the name of the book again for everybody? The, the, the book is called Evolve to Die, Hard <laughs> One Lessons of a Hockey Lifer. It's the best title of a book ever. It's fantastic. Evolve or die. Uh, seriously, pick Evolve it up. There's some die. amazing stories in this uh, from John Shannon wow. and his uh, lifetime in hockey, producing Hockey Night in Canada, and then some other stories uh, and, from his announcement days. There, there is a chapter there where George McPhee is quoted, but he's not named. You'll have to guess the chapter and the quote. Hmm. Now, I looked at, at Kipper's book and went immediately to the back to see how many times... I was mentioned. Am I in your book at all? By the, by the way, do you know that if you write a book now, if you want an index, you have to pay personally to have the index put into your book? Really? Wow. Yes. So, they so had, we had this giant meeting with about 16 people from Simon & Schuster, and they said, would you like an index? I said, yes, I'd like an index. They said, that'll be $1,000. No. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a big index with you, with so all the in, name dropping. So, so in do. the end... The advance I got is I had to pay them 500 That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> you, you never answer my question whether I'm in the index or not. I, Darren, you think I can remember every page in my book? <laughs> You're in it. You're in it. I, can, I think we talk about when you got fired, too. <laughs> we, Ryan, we all, Ryan, we all get fired, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, no, no. We don't, we don't get fired. We we want to spend some more time with our families. <laughs> okay, or okay, yeah. we can call it rebuild. We can call it retool. I'm calling it fire. Uh, Shane Knighty thinks it's a seventy flex, but he has no, says he has. Well, no hold idea. on, has he, does he think or does he know? He says no but idea. You know, you need, seventy you need, you question mark. Need, you need to know these things, not think. Well, you mm. call him and give him no, crap. No, he scares. No, he scares me. Tell Knighty just to do his job properly and go ask the trainer. All right. Well, he scares me, so I'll let you do that. Well, you know, Shane scares me too. <laughs> uh, you're the best. You know, we should we should go two weeks without having you on all the time because you come back with full of vinegar, fire. Well, I am really unhappy about the two week layoff because I was prepped for last week, and then I realized the team was playing a game, and I said, "Hold on, let's get our priorities straight." Do people in Vegas want to hear from me or Jack Eichel? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, I, for sure it was you, and we made a mistake, yeah. and we'll try not to do that again. Uh, I'm glad you like your intro, though. Very good. Very good. That was Chapman. I He's think going... that's all Ryan and no Darren, but that's no. other than that. That's, or is that Chris? That, that was Chris. That's Chris, yeah. and he'll tell you all about uh, it yeah, when he jumps like on the Chris. phone. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Chris that's good. Chris went to Japan. I like Chris because I like Japan. There's, uh, there's one out of the four of us uh, that do. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, well. and, and that counts Chris. Uh, thanks. Beautiful. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, John. <laughs> Say hello to my pal George, will you? I will. I'll make sure I pass that along. And don't okay. get me in trouble. Uh, John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, the only person that's ever held that job twice.
Mm. He is a mover, a shaker, and read his book, Evolve or Die. He's a weekly guest on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back with more after this. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Okay, Wallace, tell the listener what you just informed Chapman and I about the relationship with John yeah. Shannon. Yeah, John Shannon treats you, Darren, mm-hmm. like you, Darren, treat Chapman. And I'm here for it. It's awesome. And it's great. Yeah, it's it's good. I love it. I have fun with John. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've Chapman. known John a long time. I've known Chapman for, what, Chapman, how long have we known each other? Seven weeks? Uh, a little longer than that, I think. A little, little longer than probably that? About, probably about three, three-ish years. No, maybe no more than that. We knew each other before I started on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Because so, you asked that question who I didn't know who you were. Yes, and I just yes. said, I don't know who asked that question, yeah. but it was a good one. Yeah. yeah, and you came up to me the next day, and or I came up to you and yeah, said, hey, yeah, that I didn't was know me, who you by were. the way. Yeah. And You're I'm like, like, who's oh, this guy? Of course you did. Yeah. Yes. Who's this, this guy? Who's this homeless person? Me, guys. <laughs> Why doesn't this guy cut his hair? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> there it is. That's the Chapman we know and love. He didn't wear anything goofy today at the press conference. Hour number two is coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us. Stay with us.